You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe Clark. So nice to be chatting with you again after a short break. How are you going? Yes. Oh, well, I have a slight cold, but I'm I'm glad to be recording again. It's nice to be getting back into it. Um, and Richard, I have to tell you <laughs> about something I have discovered online. I'm not big on talking about things I find online, but this is super duper fun. And I actually think you and others will enjoy it. Are you ready? I'm sure I will. I am ready. Go okay. ahead. So I was watching online TV the other day. I was just streaming something and it had an, an ad for Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And it had an ad for the fact that you can look up castles in oh, Airbnb. Really? So oh. I was like, well, I'm going to do it. And yeah. I found all of these amazing castles. And so for a week, you can pay about $30,000 and stay at <laughs> Villa Colli Uaguenai. I don't know how to even say it. It's so, it's so just beautiful in Italy. And mm. it's, you know, let me just read a bit of the blurb. Here we are. Take walks through the estate's woodland, sample wines from the prestigious vines, and play golf at the wonderful 27-hole course. Gourmand's <laughs> note, a three-starred Michelin establishment is just 10 minutes' drive away. <laughs> wow. But That's it goes – yeah, I went further then. After that, yeah. I was like, right, castles, what else can I find? Now, there are yurts and there are other things, <laughs> but then I found the house that if I were – ridiculously wealthy and probably didn't care how I spent my money, yeah. I would go and stay at the invisible house, Joshua Tree. Yeah. So basically, I've never heard of this before, but it's a 22-storey horizontal skyscraper. <laughs> so it's not a skyscraper up into the air. It's horiz- I don't understand what the horizontal skyscraper means. Yeah. But basically, it's this house made of mirrors. Wow. And so... <laughs> It's in the desert because I got to it from looking in the desert section because I thought yeah. it was fascinating in the desert. Yeah. I'll just read it to you. Here we go. Quite simply, mm-hmm. Invisible House is the most spectacular house in Joshua Tree. As seen in design and lifestyle publications worldwide, this mirrored 22-story horizontal skyscraper virtually disappears into the vast desert landscape. The luxurious 100-foot indoor swimming pool contrasts with the high desert surroundings. And it continues. And then <laughs> <laughs> the blurb that gets me the best is... The word unique is insufficient. Welcome <laughs> to Invisible House. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that will only set me back 29 grand. With That includes a $5,000 discount because I've booked for the week, of course. <laughs> that's, uh, that's incredible. Um, and what, what do you find fascinating about looking at these, uh, these crazy accommodation options? I think I just enjoy imagining, imagining who built it why they built it, whether they stay there regularly, who goes there, why they go there. Like I was thinking, oh, if you were having a wedding, some of these castles might be where you go and you have a party <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah, who goes yeah. and has a holiday in a castle? Not me. Uh, no, but I love maybe, it. Maybe people do. And I just enjoy seeing inside houses anyway. I'm a bit yeah, of a sticky yeah. so, so why not? You, you can enjoy it all for free. All for free. All for free. Why go when you can look at pictures online? <laughs> anyway, on to you. What have you been um, up to, Richard? Oh, very good. Yeah, we've had doing well. We had had a couple of weeks holidays, and mm. um, we had at least two uh, pub meals with the family, which Ooh. is uh, not something we ever do really in Newcastle or Sydney. Um, but we're into the country, and I said to the boys, "We've got to go out for a pub meal." And I, I find nice. pub. I really enjoy pub meals, but I do get a bit lost uh, in in pubs. I don't know if. 
you, you know how there's certain rooms in pubs that you're not supposed to go into or your kids can't go into or you, you can't go that you can drink there but not eat there but eat there and not drink there that I just get very confused and I'm with pubs I'm always confused about how to get into them because there's always doors that yes. are locked and yes. it's you like you go up to them and you look through and there's these old guys sort of looking at back at you and you're on the wrong door and so I I've, you know, I've genuinely never thought about everything you just described, but it's oh, so true. Yeah, <laughs> regulars think this is hilarious. I sometimes say it's I'm I'm like a non-Christian at church when it comes to pubs. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we went to this great pub, and um, I introduced the boys to Chicken Parmigiana oh, or yeah. Chicken Parmy, which is a pub classic. Apparently, my brother in New Zealand said it's not very common there, so he was Ooh. looking longingly at some of the photos we had, hmm. um, but. Uh, yeah, introduced the idea to the, the pub meal to the kids and loved it. And nice. um, yes, with with the rooms, one point I had to go fetch some drinks. I had to have a, have a brief conversation with a lady at a, at, a, at the bar, say or at the at the restaurant area, saying, "Now, if I go into there to get drinks, can I take my fourteen year old with me?" And she said, <laughs> "Yes, but he can't carry any alcoholic drinks back with you." And so, <laughs> <laughs> I, I took Andy into the bar and make sure he was carrying the, the soft drink and I was carrying the beer so that we fulfilled fulfilled the law. <laughs> of course, after we left the room, you know, I could just hand him all the beers he wanted, but uh, <laughs> he had to be carrying only the soft drinks in that room. You know what I always find confronting? Yeah. Trying to decide how to describe. If someone says, oh, yeah, I'll just take a beer. If you say, would you like a drink? They say, just a beer. <laughs> Me trying to to order a beer on someone else's behalf, I have no idea how to do that. Like, what am I asking for? What size am I asking for? Who yeah. even knows? Yeah. 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 It's a very is- – yeah, you're right. It is a cross-cultural experience for me too to go to a pub. I don't and they're not called beer anymore. They're all called stouts or oh. ales or – I have heard of an IPA before. An IP- yeah. <laughs> don't know what it is. So, uh, yeah. No. I thought of the International Phonetic Alphabet, but that was a <laughs> – Probably not that. Not that. So, uh, oh, that sounds super fun. Yeah, just a bit of fun there with the pub meals. One of these days mm-hmm. we're going to try and get the boys to trivia. Yeah, but couldn't have oh, yeah. in the holidays. But I think, I think they're ready for that. Yeah, they're ready. <laughs> but, uh, yep, so some fun times for both of us. That's great. Mm, um, mm. And what about Bible reading, Joe? How's What yes. have you been up to there? Well, um, there's been some stuff going on in my life lately that I've just kind of needed to go to something simple rather than continue on in my chronological Bible reading plan. Yeah. And so I went to an old favourite, which is Psalm 121, mm. and I thought – I was, I was thinking, oh, I'll just read one or two verses. And it's only got eight verses, so I'm going to read the whole thing. Yeah. If that means we talk about it less, well, then that's that's okay. So yeah. I'll just read Psalm 121. Um, it's a song of ascents. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. I lift up my eyes to the mountains, I should say. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Mm. Beautiful psalm. Is it is it an old favourite for you too, Richard, or are you? Uh, yeah, I, I love all the Song of Ascents, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a little run of them, and they're all quite short, and so mm. you can feel like you get quite immersed in um, these uh, yeah psalms of um of worship and gathering yeah. towards God and hope. Yeah. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, Psalm 121 is um, oh, good for so many verses. But, yeah, mm. uh, what, tell us, what, what do you love about it? Uh, 
Well, I was just thinking about as as people face hardship in their lives and I watch on, what do I think about God in his um, involvement in their life and his love for them? Mm. And it, this psalm reminds me that God is watching over people, his people. Um, and I was thinking particularly um, – I just, I guess, it talks about he watches over Israel yeah, and God's four. faithfulness throughout, in verse four, th- throughout the Old Testament, moving into the New Testament, and then providing the Messiah in Jesus, the long promised Messiah. And thinking, yeah, God actually ha- shows such great faithfulness in watching over His people hmm. um, through all the hardships of being in a broken world, but also in their rebellion. And so, as I look at myself and others who either are kind of living the consequences of rebellion or living in a broken world and, and being affected by that. I am mm. comforted to know that God, who never sleeps or slumbers, watches over us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, mm. that's really helpful. Mm. I love the um, verse 1, I think, uh, just uh, lifting of the eyes, like mm. uh, um, the in suffering and hardship or despair where our mm. eyes are pointed down, we're looking downwards. Mm. Um, and uh, the psalmist here is, it's kind of a statement of intent, like yes. I lift, but I, I am going to train myself or, or urge myself to lift my eyes to the mountains, mm. um, which, I, yeah, the mountains, maybe like the mountain of Israel or mm. God's temple where he is. So mm. it's, a, it's, yeah, this act of intent of um, I will look mm. to God for help even when my mm. eyes are, are down at the start. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, and verse 2, how it follows on from the rhetorical question, where's my help come from? Mm. My help comes from the Lord. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, Richard. I really appreciate that. Yeah, so I, I think I guess I would encourage anyone listening along that if, if they're wrestling with something right now, why not crack open Psalm 121 today It's a, or, or the Psalm of Ascents, which is just near there. Um, yeah. You'll find that wonderfully encouraging, I think. Yeah, no, that's great. Mm-hmm. No, and I love the way you've um, had the insight into with during uh, some stressful times to deviate from the routine and go to, um, yeah, go to good places. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think it was more out of desperation than the decision. But uh, <laughs> thank you for the encouragement, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, you've been reading a book I am very interested in. I'm yes. very excited to hear what you have to say about it. Yes, I've been uh, started reading a book that's just come out called um, When the Noise Won't Stop uh, by Paul Grimmond. It's a book about yeah. uh, anxiety. And, um, yeah, this has been interest to uh, for you and me and many of our listeners because mm. uh, Paul came up and did a, a little talk on um and a seminar on um, anxiety, which was really helpful at our church. And so some of the content is coming out, um, you know, is, is drawing from the book. And, uh, yeah, what he does is it's pretty simple. He's just wanting to speak about um, anxiety, what the Bible says, um, informed by some, um, yeah, some extra knowledge or wisdom from uh, the medical or secular world, um, mm. bringing those together but very, very pastoral for people with anxiety, for people, mm. family members with anxiety or caring for people uh, with anxiety. Um, and it's coming from a place of real uh, compassion and empathy uh, mm. with Paul. Is, um, one of the things he does is um, share about his experiences with anxiety. Um, so, yeah, he's, the book has a tone of real warmth, openness, vulnerability mm. Mm. And, and compassion for people Um with anxiety so yeah um 100 recommended um let me share a few a few points um that uh is good um yeah 
one of those is uh, yeah, just some some vivid descriptions. Um, he shares something for, uh, about a panic attack. He says, a panic is a full body experience. Imagine someone sets multiple mobiles to vibrate, implants them in your head and chest, and then rings you constantly. When panic takes hold, your body's on fire and a thousand ants march inside your brain. Um, but it's not such just the physical sensation. It's the noise, a strangely silent noise. No one else can hear it, but it deafens you and it's everywhere and nowhere. Uh, and, and, and so he goes on. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I've had some experience um, in, in, in a medical background and, and in, um, in ministry, but yeah, the descriptions like that were, were really vivid and, and struck out at me a, a lot there. Mm. Um, I'll make, yeah, two other things. Um, um, I think he, t- he speaks really wisely about our anxiety in the Bible as, as the word in a word study. Like we tend to know mm-hmm. the, um, the, the word verses do not be anxious, but he um, goes through other usages of the word and how um, Paul is anxious for the Philippians' welfare, or you could mm-hmm. be anxious about um, a Christian brother. And so some good points there about how anxiety in itself is not a bad thing. It's um, part of, there's a wider spectrum of, of um, yeah, of usage for this word. Yes. Uh, I so did we, appreciate that when he talked about that on the anxiety night we had because it, it really made me think, oh, yes, okay, I need to think <laughs> more broadly about what the Bible, how the Bible speaks on this word. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Um, and I've just finished a section on uh, he's talking about being a sinner and a sufferer and just how that's <gasps> those are two really helpful categories to have. Yes. Uh, because, yeah, we're not neutral when, with anxiety. We, we are sinners. Um, mm. and sufferers. So he says, um, as a sinner and a sufferer, your job is to take healthy responsibility for yourself and your condition mm-hmm. under God. Um, this can feel really scary, but it's vitally important. So this is really helpful stuff about taking responsibility, but not have being uh, like in control like God is. So that, yes. that little balance between responsibility, but not seeking to be, you know, in an ungodly control of every kind, kind of thing. So, well, um, what yeah. a great book. <laughs> <laughs> I might share a bit more from it next time we chat. But, uh, um, yeah, totally recommend it. And, uh, yeah, mm. I'm enjoying it. Looking forward to, uh, to reading more uh, mm. when the noise won't stop. Mm. Do you find, um, as you're reading this book, have you found that there's been a particular thing that you've thought, oh, that's really changed my thinking? Or is it more helped you create a baseline of, oh, yes, this is, I've I've thought through a bunch of these things, but it's drawn it together for me. Or what? As someone who's more experienced in anxiety and um, mm. medical background and pastoral mm. ministry, you're reading it with some inf- with some informed knowledge. How's it helped you? Yeah, yeah, no, um, I've changed my thinking on a few things. Like uh, Paul made some really good points about the connection between the body and um, emotions, and how mm. in our, our Western we, we tend to sort of separate things quite like there's the mind in the in the head in the brain, and mm. there's the heart going on elsewhere. But he talks about how in the biblical look view of um, the body, like hearts can have thoughts, or mm. minds can have feelings, or um, our whole body is involved in uh, thinking, feeling, emotions, actions, mm. um, and uh, that's um, yeah. That's I think that's helpful because part of our um, insight and godliness is being a bit more attuned to our our bodies, yeah. Um, and and um, yeah, steering away from that sort of mind, really sharp mind body division that uh, is sometimes 
uh, you know, it's in those those TV shows where somebody's mind gets transplanted into someone's body, and that's seen <laughs> as straightforward. In, but yes, uh, they're much more integrated and inseparable. So, um, mm. yeah, that that's um, yeah, typical. Most chap- most chapters I'm finding insights like that. Um, yeah, really good. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, my mum and I have been talking about this book as something we both want to read. So oh, you've inspired me, brother. I'll have to get a copy. I'll have to get yeah, a copy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Anyway, great to be chatting again about yes. um, castles, uh, investigating castles, chicken parmigianas. Yeah, chicken parmigianas, <laughs> navigating pubs. <laughs> yes, Psalm 121 and uh, some thinking about anxiety. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, uh, we'll um, – so if you're listening along, yeah, love to uh, – yeah. To have you join us again next week yes or subscribe or do all those sort of things yes and uh, we're looking forward to um yeah more weeks of uh chatting bible <laughs> reading and learning sounds good all right talk to you soon mate bye talk to you soon